As Earth Keepers, we hold wisdom about our planet within our bodies learned through lifetimes of experience on Earth and throughout the cosmos. I'm Amy Dempster, a shamanic practitioner and your host for the Earth Keepers podcast, and I'm on a journey to reconnect with my soul family, the other Earth Keepers, grid workers, portal tenders, land stewards, and nature lovers around the world. On this podcast, you won't find gurus or dogma, just a safe space where I share personal stories from my spiritual journey. Hello and welcome back to the Earth Keepers podcast. Today we're talking about how to protect your energy because spiritual protection is one of the most basic but important energetic skills you can learn. When I first started communicating with nature spirits, my interactions were pretty much always positive because most of the spirits of the land are super high vibe. And honestly, I was cool with that. I didn't have any interest or desire to do any kind of cleanup or psychopomp work with ghosts or other icky energies that might be hanging around. But as it turns out, if you're going to do this work, it's going to happen. You're eventually going to come across some lower vibe entities because they're here in our environment, whether we like it or not. And you're going to want to know a thing or two about how to protect yourself and your home when that happens. So last year, I was leading a retreat in the Nevada desert, and one of the attendees mentioned that his house was full of spirits. And don't worry, he gave me permission to tell the story, but I did change his name for privacy. So we'll just call him John and his wife Jane so the spirits can't track them down later. Okay, I'm totally kidding about that part. I'm pretty sure you can't change your name to hide from a spirit, but who knows? Nothing really surprises me these days. Anyhow, he felt like his living room was a waiting room for spirits who hadn't transitioned. And let me just take a moment to explain that. When a person passes away, there's a period of time, usually a handful of days, when a portal is open for their soul to transition to the other side. This is more or less like you see on TV. You are reunited with your other family members, and your soul stays connected to source energy. Or depending on your religious beliefs, you may say that you're reunited with God. There's a variety of reasons people don't go through this portal, or to the light. Many times, it's just because they're confused. They either don't know they died, or they don't know that they need to make this transition. We don't like to talk about death in our culture, so we've created generations of people who don't know what to do when they do die. But that's another subject for another day. So on occasion, people don't go through this transition on purpose. They choose to stay behind for any number of reasons. Regardless, once you miss this window of time, the portal closes and you remain here on the earth plane disconnected from source energy. That means your soul needs to get energy from another source, living people. Rarely is this malicious on the part of the dead person. They just have no other choice. However, if one of these spirits attaches to you, it will drain your energy, which is obviously not good. In fact, if you want to watch a really funny example of how this works, 
watch the show forever on Netflix. Part of the hilarity of the show is in not knowing the plot before you watch it. So I'm not going to give you any spoilers. Okay, so what do these souls do once they realize they no longer have a body and they miss their opportunity to cross over? They often seek people out who, as part of their soul contract, have agreed to do this work. It has a fancy name, Psychopomp, but it's basically just opening that portal back up for them to make the transition and then talking the soul through it. So if you're one of these people that has spirits lined up in your bedroom at night and you're not totally sure why, it is highly likely that Psychopomp is one of your special gifts in this lifetime. And if you'd like to learn how to cross spirits over, it's one of the skills I teach in the Earth Tenders Academy. The Earth Tenders Academy is a nine-module online course where I share video lessons and guided meditations so you can connect deeply with the spirits of the land, get to know the land where you live and how you belong to it so you can have a positive impact on your home and community, and also offer your unique gifts in service to the Earth so that you can share healing energy anywhere in the world that it's needed. We also have monthly live calls to practice our skills and a supportive Facebook community. So you can learn more about the Earth Tenders Academy on my website at followinghawks.com. There's also a link in the show notes. So, okay, back to the story about John and Jane's house that was full of these earthbound spirits. John had tried his best to ignore them, but frankly, he and his wife and kids who could also see them were kind of exhausted with how busy the house was. We discussed it a little bit when we arrived on the first evening of the retreat, but since it wasn't the focus of our work, we didn't really get into the specifics. The next morning, we were all comparing notes, and we each had a bit of a restless night. It was a full moon, it had rained off and on, but it seemed like maybe there was a bit more to it. John finally told us that he had a very unsettling experience with a spirit in his tent overnight. He woke up in the middle of the night feeling like he was being choked. After a minute or two, that I'm sure felt like an eternity to him, he managed to get rid of the spirit and call in his guides. But he was feeling understandably unsettled the next morning. When he spoke with his wife later in the day, she hadn't been able to sleep either, which was unusual for her. It definitely felt like it was all related. Later, As we all sat down to journey together, we went through a very specific spiritual protection protocol that I use each and every time I work in spirit, or anytime I feel like there might be something strange happening energy-wise in my day-to-day life. The entire protocol only takes a minute or two, once you're familiar with the process. I start with essential oils. White Angelica from Young Living is my number one BFF for spiritual protection. It calls in the angels and they will wrap their wings around your body and protect you. I am not even kidding. I can feel it happen when I use the soil. If you do energy work of any kind, I highly suggest the soil. Anyway, before we began our shamanic journey, we all put a drop of white angelica in our hands, rubbed them together, and inhaled deeply, setting the intention that our energy field was protected. Then we rubbed it onto our neck, shoulders, and chest for our first layer of protection. After that, we closed our eyes and envisioned our bodies energetically rooting and grounding into the core of the earth, and then pulled that energy back up through our bodies and up to the top of our heads. 
once grounded to earth energy, we pulled a column of source energy from above down into our crown chakras and pushed it all the way through our bodies and back into the earth. After that, we envisioned that column of light coming down and surrounding us with a transparent bubble of protective light around our bodies. And then, and this might be the most important part, we set an intention that nothing is allowed inside of our protective bubbles of light that's not also connected to source energy. Once you're inside that protective bubble, it's much easier to discern between different entities or spirits you might encounter. If it's inside your bubble, you should be safe, but you can always double check with your guides. If it's outside your bubble, they may still be visible to you, but they have to stay outside and you get to decide whether or not you interact with them. You never have to interact with a spirit that's outside your bubble. I usually call my guides into the bubble with me and will ask them for information about anything I might sense outside the bubble. That way, I don't even have to interact directly with the spirits outside unless I want to. So once we'd completed the spiritual protection protocol, we continued with our journey, which turned out to be incredibly intense for each of us in different ways. So before we all went to bed that night, we decided to reestablish and enlarge these bubbles of protection. So we each repeated the process. Oils, grounding, source, bubble, guides, intention. And then we put a giant bubble over the entire property where we were staying and kicked out any spirits not connected to source energy. Like, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Yeah, that last part turned out to be a mistake. Sometimes I learn the hard way how spirits can skirt my rules. As it turned out, the ones who weren't very happy about that bubble used the energetic cord between John and his family to just go to his place instead. It was already a busy spirit portal and an easy place for them to go hang out. We all slept better that night, but his wife sure didn't. When Jane first reported what had happened at her house the next morning, we didn't initially realize it was related to the bubble. We just thought things were getting energetically stirred up by the work he was doing. She spent some time later in the day checking in with her guides, though, and got a big download about the situation and called later in the evening asking for some extra assistance. Things were getting uncomfortable at the house, and she wanted to know what she should do about it. And I received the message that we could do something that I'd only ever done for my property before, call in guardian spirits to protect the property. And honestly, because I'm dense sometimes, it never occurred to me to do this anywhere else. I just thought it was something specific the spirits of the land had requested that I do where I live. But as it turns out, it's more universal than that. In fact, it works so well that I now suggest everyone do it as a basic foundation to keep the energy clear and protected at your home. So back at the retreat, we all gathered around the phone to talk to Jane and walk her through the process. Because she was the one present on the property and actually lives there, I explained each step to her, but had her make the actual request to the spirits. The permission for these spirits to work on the property should come directly from people who live there. First, we requested that guardian spirits come protect the property and station themselves on either side of the driveway. The energy of these spirits is huge, by the way, but they are very respectful of your permission and boundaries. So you can decide what kind of energies are welcome in your home and which ones aren't. The guardians will handle anyone or anything that doesn't belong. So once John and Jane's guardian spirits arrived, almost instantly, 
she gave them permission to protect the property from any entity or energy not connected to source. Then we asked what additional resources the guardians needed to carry out that protection and gave them permission to call in as many reinforcements as necessary. A literal army of protector spirits showed up very quickly and linked arms all the way around the boundary of the property. We then gave them permission again to continue calling in whatever else they might need that night or any time in the future for additional protection. At that point, the guardians assumed their duties and started handling spirit cleanup so we could get some sleep. But first, my husband had received the message that she was also going to need to clear the house with a whole lot of sage. He was shown a giant bundle of sage and a large copper bowl, which they so happened to have. He suggested they open every window in the house and burn the sage for as long as possible. We backed that up with some commandments to clear the house and the land of any energy not connected to source energy. Within a few minutes, she was already feeling the energy lighten. She could see the guardians outside and felt more at ease. Later, she told us that one of their kids, who's very clairvoyant, woke up, walked into her bedroom, looked out the window and said, who are they? She told them they were good spirits and were there for protection, and he immediately went back to bed. So yeah, the guardians are a real thing. And people who are sensitive to energy will definitely see or feel them once you post them at the entrance to your home or property. I get the sense that they also protect your property from physical people who don't belong there too, and do everything in their power to protect your place in an emergency or a natural disaster. They're pretty powerful dudes. So although the energy was already feeling much better, John was still feeling a little bit antsy about how he would sleep that night. Earlier in the day, one of the other attendees had shared with us her connection to the archangels and her own bedtime protection routine. When I heard the message that we could call in the archangels for extra support, I asked her if she would lead us in doing that. We all gathered together in John's tent, burned some sage of our own, and she called each archangel in to a specific location and asked them to perform a specific task. It was a beautiful ceremony, and we all headed off to our own tents, feeling the loving protection of the angels. And every one of us got a good night's sleep, including Jane. The next morning, she reported that the guardians were still there, doing their thing, and the house was as quiet as it had been in a long time. After we completed our other energy work that day, we had her join us on the phone again, did a little bit more cleaning and healing work on the property, just to ensure everything was tightened up. Honestly, it felt like more of a triage situation, and I was sorry that I didn't have the time to work on it more methodically as I typically would. But as it turned out, it seemed the guardians and their army of protectors were holding down the fort just fine. After getting back home, John said the house was so quiet and calm. Not a ghost to be found for the first time in years. Seriously awesome. So I will add a disclaimer here that while calling in guardian spirits is always a good idea, they aren't necessarily going to resolve every single situation. John and Jane's house specifically was overrun by ghosts, possibly leaking in from a problematic property next door. And clearing the property and then adding high-level protection solved a big chunk of the issues they were experiencing. But many of those spirits have probably just returned to the house next door. I would typically work at crossing the moat over if I was doing dedicated healing work there. But I know that John and Jane have continued to do that work there themselves over the past year. Also, if you have other things going on, like angry ancestors, trauma stored in the land, problematic portals, things like that, 
Each of those needs specific healing work. And I teach you how to do all of that in the Earth Tenders Academy. Also, be aware that there are entities that can sometimes feel like they're related to your house, but are actually an attachment spirit that needs to be cleared from your personal energy field. So yeah, the guardians are kick-ass protectors, but they may not be a magic wand, depending on what energies are present on your property. So just be aware of that. And don't be afraid to reach out if you need some assistance. You can book a property reading and healing on my website, or I can refer you to another shamanic healer for spirit attachment work. Ultimately, spiritual protection is critical to keep our energy bodies clear, to learn how to discern between the variety of spirits or other people's energy that you come into contact with every day. And living in a home that is very energetically active can be exhausting. So I always suggest doing the work to get your house to a more energetically neutral vibration before doing other energy work so that you have a calm and relaxing sanctuary for yourself. When we can do the work to clear and heal the land where we live, we don't just enjoy the benefit of a happier place to live. We're doing our part to lift the vibration of the earth, which helps everyone. And that's pretty awesome if you ask me. So if you want to call in the guardian spirits to your home, I created a guided meditation to help you do that. Check out the link in the show notes. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening and I'll meet you back here again next week. Bye. Thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to the Earth Keepers podcast. I'm so honored to share this journey with you. I would love it if you join me and other Earth Keepers from around the world in the Following Hawks Earth Keepers community on Facebook. To find the show notes, additional resources, or learn more about working with me, go to earthkeeperspodcast.com. Until next time, I'll see you in the multiverse.